Welcome to another edition of Restore the Floor with Evan Jenkins. I'm Stoney, Michael Stephen Stone, if you care. Uh, before we begin talking about the Pistons and their new coach, we are uh, recording this on Friday. Game one of the NBA Finals was Thursday night. And look, Denver wins the game, and it wasn't as close to the score. I mean, Miami, I give them credit for making runs, but... I just, the only thing I really want to say about the game is we don't get enough of a chance being in the Eastern part of the country to watch the Joker play basketball. And I don't know if entertaining is the right word, exciting. He's just a joy to watch. It's like our, the guest we had on earlier this week, Larry Brown would say he plays the right way. Oh, it's, he would have loved to coach. Him. Oh my God. I mean, you're, you're right, Stoney. I mean, for a seven-foot player like that, you should not see the skill set that you do. But, man, he can kill you from every single angle. Like, if you're going to take away a scoring, okay, he's going to have 15 assists. Yeah. Like, he's going to get you 12 boards a game. Like, um, Jim Costa, who works with us, was talking about his odds to get a triple-double was basically, like, even money. Yeah. And I'm like... That is so wild to think that it's even money for a guy to get a triple-double in game one of the NBA Finals. And how about his counterpart or his his teammate in Jamal Murray almost had one himself? Like, dude, they're they're a force to be reckoned with. And you know what's crazy about it? They can do this for years to come. I know. And what's interesting about them is even besides the big two that we mentioned, especially a team like Miami who doesn't have a lot of size, Aaron Gordon can just score at will all of a sudden because he gave up a lot of his offensive ability, you know, to. Yeah. When he wasn't going to be the guy coming right. from Orlando where yes. he was the guy. Yeah. Um, it's, it's very impressive when I love it to see when players do that, where they put it aside. Yeah. But if you need them, it was kind of like uh, Andrew Wiggins with the warriors right. when they were winning that, like that's a guy that can score, but you don't need them until you need them. Right. And then that and that's a great thing to have on your so team. So if you if you're Spolstra, how do you defend Jokic? To me, it's like, you know what? Whether it's Bam or somebody, I'll play him straight up and keep him the twos. And that way he's not on the outside either hitting an occasional three or finding people for threes or easier baskets. I just want to stop the other people. And, and you know what? I, I bet you if if Malone or Spolstra were to call Tom Izzo, he would tell him to go one-on-one. It's the same thing they do with Zach Eady. Let this guy score 40 points. Yes. Can you limit the others to under well, 60? Although the zone at times did give Denver trouble. Sure. But that's something that you don't see, and I'm sure they practiced. They, they mean, know it's coming because they, they were up in 20 Boston. points in that game. Like It wasn't even close. I, I mean, And if and when you, Michael Porter Jr. is playing well. Well, that, and then, I mean, on the other side, you got the Heat. Max Strauss went, what, 0 for 10 or yes. something like that? Yeah. And Duncan Robinson didn't have a good game. Highsmith coming out of nowhere? Caleb Martin was awful. Great, yeah. You look at his box score with Highsmith, you're like, damn. Yeah. But even Bam played a good game. He yes, scored 26 uh, or 28, whatever it was. Now, they did. They only went to the free throw line twice, That's which is kind of weird. Yeah, you got to get to the rack. But, I mean, it, it went exactly how people thought it would go. Mm-hmm. And I. You know, a lot of people overreact early on in series, yes. but I still think that this is how it's going to go. Yeah. Miami might get game three, but other than that, I mean, Denver's a force, you, you man. Would, you would think they're, they're they're really, really good. All right. Uh, the big news locally, kind of surprising because we kind of thought that the Monty Williams dream for many people had that ship had sailed. Mm-hmm. 
But you got to give Tom Gore's qu- uh, credit. He put his money where his mouth is, whatever, or whatever war expression cliche you want to use. And he's writing the big check where Monty Williams to coach the Detroit Pistons are gonna, is going to be the highest paid coach in NBA history right now. All right. So the reason we didn't do this podcast Thursday after this happened was because I said, quote unquote, I don't have anything positive to say about this. Give me a second to sit back and think. So let me just tell you why I wasn't all gleaming with it. Right. The first optics, if he turns you down initially with a big offer, which was the report, right? Is he strictly only coming here for money? Did he not believe in this team beforehand? And was this just hey, I got so much money, I'm not going to pass it up. That made me a little worried, right? Like maybe he didn't believe or, but the other rumor was that he wanted just to take time off. He's had a very tough couple years and I understand that. And Phoenix is still going to pay you quite a bit of cash to walk away. So I got that. So that's just me being a pessimist, wondering that question. Mm -hmm. Why not at first, but now? Money is what it comes down to. I don't give a crap about the money. That's never going to affect the team no, and the players. There's no the coach's cap. Here's the other thing that it reminded me of was Stan Van Gundy and Dwayne Casey, that Tom Gorse likes a big name coach. So Stan Van Gundy, right off the rip, I was like, I don't think this guy's going to work. He flames out. He's hard on his players. That's not the way. I mean, you look at the way it ended on Orlando with Dwight Howard and everything. That's kind of how it ended here. A little different, but that's how it ended. Dwayne Casey. I was really excited about him. I thought he was the scapegoat in Toronto. He was the NBA coach well, they, of the year. They couldn't be LeBron. That was yep. the problem there. And and plenty of teams have had that problem. And they brought him in. I thought he could have worked, but they went a different direction with him. They didn't let him rebuild right off the rip. They still were grasping on to Blake and stuff like that. And that's just kind of what Monty Williams reminded me of. Now, when you go do your digging... And you look and everybody, everybody that you talk to that knows him says he is going to be great for this team. Yes. And it brings me back to when we talked to Dwayne Casey and he said that the team needs a different voice. And so that's a big positive. The only other thing that made me question it is if you're going to throw that kind of FU money out there. Did you turn over every rock going to every single coach that maybe you didn't have a chance at, i.e. a Jay Wright or something like that. Mm -hmm. That's the only thing I wonder. Now, did you get the top coach on the market? It's arguable. I mean, I think Bud is right there, 1A, 1B. Right. But you got the guy. Yes. And you got your guy. If that's who you and Tom Gores and Troy Weaver agreed upon, then home run higher. Yeah. And screw what Evan Jenkins has to think talking into a microphone. I'm just saying – those were my initial thoughts. Am I, I wrong on any of that to think that way? No, but when you like when you said you do due diligence, he even when he said no at, at first from what you believe, if you read, if you believe what you read, Detroit was one of the teams he would consider. Correct. And that's when they when they got wind of that, that's when I think they upped the offer a little bit. And when we talked about the assistance, you know, whether it was, you know, uh, Lee and Collins and and then, you know, Kevin Ollie. Monty Williams wasn't available. Correct. And, you know, so Gores, we know, wasn't enamored with those three. So he actually probably did the right thing and wait because, like I said, Monty Williams wasn't available at that time. Right. Monty Williams gets fired. You take a shot and it, it 
it, it worked. Now, will it work as far as on the court? You would assume so. Historically, uh, his first year, even in New Orleans when he was a really young coach, you know, they won like what, 20 games the year before and they won 46 the second year, his first year. Following year uh, in, in, in Phoenix, they won 19 games before he got there. 34, not a lot, but it was, and then, and then they won the bubble and won those eight games, which really built that foundation there. Absolutely. And if people say, well, it's easy to win when you have, you know, Booker and, and Aiton and, you know, later Chris Paul, and then obviously Durant this year at the end. But he, if you got to give the coaching staff credit for when sometimes when players get better, right? So he should get some credit for Devin Booker getting better, right? I, I completely agree with that. Now, what players do you have that are equivalent to that right now? You would hope Cade Cunningham, but I mean, the right. one knock on him was always his three point shot. Correct. And that's where Devin Booker just excels. Right. So you have to find somebody else who can shoot the three. Maybe it's in the draft. Maybe it's in free agency. I don't want them to just spend money because they have. And money that, to that's spend. kind of what worries me, Sony, is the fact that you spent all this money on a coach. Does that internally make you believe that you have to try to go for it right here, right now? I hope not, because to me, and that's, go and spend on players that maybe you shouldn't. Right, like I mean, I have the popular hundred million dollars for Cam Johnson. Well, I'd I'd rather give him a hundred million dollars than Jeremy Grant. Well, yes, I completely. That's my my point. And, and Jeremy Grant's a good player. Hey, look, he could defend because nobody else in this freaking team can defend. Well, sure, except but for Isaiah Stewart. I just don't think. But he's I don't worth think you money. want to bring him back for that for what he's going to get. I, I I don't think it's worth it. And I think when you make the investment. Of the length of contract. Yeah, it's six years, right? Yes, as of now. And then they can actually. Yeah, you know, it could be a $100 million right. contract at the end. Granted, the track of the resume is completely different, but it has the Dan Campbell feel to it from it the does. organization saying, look, we don't expect this team to make the NBA finals in a year or two. We expect Monty Williams to be, do what he's known for, developing young players and put in a system where it's 0.5 you make get the ball make a decision a lot of ball movement a lot of stressing defense those type of things make this team better where in two years you're looking at playoffs like for the for this coming year depending on who they get free agents wise in the draft realistically double your win total i think it's get to that 34 wins again 35 wins okay i think that's realistic 100 percent, and just be Sniffing around that playing tournament, yes. right? And just show promise. Like, we understand, and we've talked about it at length, that Cade Cunningham's not going to come in and light up the league again. Like, it's mm -hmm. still going to take him a little time to get acclimated. I also agree that players sitting on the bench and seeing the game that way after playing it and being able to process is a big, big help. You look at Michael Jordan in his second year, broke his foot, played a few games, the following year, I'm not saying he's Michael Jordan. I'm just saying right. that you see the game differently having to look at it from the outside in instead of playing it and then going in and assessing. Right. So I think that will benefit him, but they're still so young. And it's also, what the hell are you doing with all the bigs? What right. are we going to do with them? Well, you have to figure one of them has to go. Right. And it's just, I just hope. The question is, you're going to probably have to like give up like a, uh, it's no big deal, like a second round pick. And Bagley to get like a bag of balls or something. 
Sure, but that's Another the position that you've contract. been put in. I mean, right, exactly. Your, your GM put yourself in this position by trying to go this route, and maybe Dwayne Casey was lockstep with it that he thought he could develop these young guys. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I would love to be a right. sat in those I still rooms. think, I, look, out of all the big guys, even though his statistics are probably better, I would get rid of Bagley, uh, and I'd give Wiseman, and he's so young, where I'd give him a chance, maybe. Yeah, let him and Dern go. Let him go yes. and see what you have this year and give them the minutes that they need. Now, after sitting and thinking about Monty Williams, is it the best that they could have done? After everything you read, yes. And right now, I mean, I still would have, I don't know, maybe been proactive. They knew Quace Casey wasn't coming back. Maybe proactive and done the Quinn Snyder thing that Atlanta did, maybe. Maybe, if if you loved the guy. Right. And, and you just, there's so many unknowns that we, <laughs> that are, are on the table but I mean, I'm a I'm a diehard Pistons fan, so I'm gonna root for the team. Yes. I'm just saying it reminded me of the last two coaching hires. That's all I'm saying. I know because they had names, and 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 you know what? And that's what it does when they stink for so long. It's hard to look forward. And I'm the same way with the Detroit Lions, and uh, rightfully so. Yeah. And I'm the same with the Detroit Tigers. Like in my lifetime, I don't root for hockey. I don't really care for it. But I've seen one title in my lifetime and that's the Pistons in 04. Right. I mean, if you wanted to 88, 89 with the Pistons, like I'm six, seven years right. old. You don't remember. No, that's not, you're not there. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And I was rooting for the guy wearing white, red, and black that could dunk a basketball. Not right. The guy that was trying to kick their ass. Yeah. Like, so I just, I want to see these guys and, and you pray to whatever God or whatever you pray to pray for Cade Cunningham's leg. Yes, because he is the cog that's going to make this this whole ship go. And I'm rooting. And you pray that what we saw from Jaden Ivey the last two weeks is what we. Well, that's had. a kid I think that works his ass off. And I know he does. He's in California. Is I he? know right now. Yeah, or at least he was a few weeks ago because I had a buddy who saw him out there, and hopefully he's working on his shot. And, and that's the thing, man. You get a comfortable jump shot. That kid's going to be something to watch. I know. All right. Uh Next week, uh, hopefully, we'll be joined by either Troy Weaver, Monty Williams, or somebody. somebody. Yeah, exactly. Hell, we'll talk to, like, the, the secretary that put them through to one another. <laughs> <laughs> Enjoy your weekend, and we thank you very much for uh, tuning into another episode of Restore the Floor.